everyone. Welcome back to the Socking Tips podcast. I'm your host today, James Huang. You'll notice that I am not Abby. Uh, that's largely because we apparently have a bunch of sick kids going through the Socking Tips staff today. Uh, Abby's daughter, unfortunately, has a little bit of uh, an icky. She's got a little bit of a cough. Ronan's kid is apparently throwing up everywhere. <laughs> so, so, but both of those people will sort of be here, but not be here. So, but we do have Johnny and Kit here with us today. Hello, Kit. Hello. <clears throat> I seem to be losing my voice, which is great. Uh-oh, another one soon. But it's okay. It's my last podcast, so I, no, oh, I don't need it. I don't no. need it after this week. Today is your last one, really? <laughs> that's, that's why I'm here. I just wanted uh. to do one more podcast with Kit before <laughs> the end. Yeah, sad times. Johnny, is today your last one too? Um, if all goes well today, I've still got another one next week, I think. Uh, okay, um, so there's still there's still hope for one more. Hopefully, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> can I can I just add that uh, my wife and cat are also uh, vomiting, so <laughs> we, can't, we, can't, we can't lay all of them. Did you just say your cat? Yeah, your I, cat I did. I was about to ask. Yes. Okay. I have no explanation. Uh, well, I, I dare say for all the parents who are listening right now, none of this will be an unfamiliar situation for you. So, uh, I mean, Abby, Ronan, I'm sorry. I mean, it brings a whole new meaning to it. Never rains, but it pours. Um, oh, nice. All right. Well, uh, today is definitely going to be an interesting episode, seeing as how everyone who is a regular listener of the Cycling Tips podcast is well aware of my incredibly broad and deep knowledge of professional <laughs> bike racing. Uh, but before we get into that, we do have a sponsor for this week's episode. This week's episode is sponsored by the Pros Closet. The off-season is the perfect time to upgrade your riding experience with the Pros Closet. Shop a wide selection of parts and apparel and a curated catalog of new and certified pre-owned bikes. And that would be certified pre-owned with a CP and O capitalized. From top names to niche names, the Pros Closet has road, gravel, mountain, and e-bikes in stock. Visit theprosclosetcom slash cycling tips for the best deals of the year. Enter code CTPODCAST and save 40 bucks on your next purchase over $200. Thanks to the Pros Closet for sp sponsoring this week's episode. All right, where should we get started here? I think we probably need to kick things off with uh, the latest in the B&B &B Hotels team saga, huh? Who wants to grab that one? <coughs> yeah, the, 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 it does seem that the news breaks on weekends, or at least close to I mean, the latest in the B&B saga is that there is no longer going to be a B&B &B to worry about. Um, well, that sounds really crass, but yeah. So the team is no more, probably not even going to make it into the continental ranks, um, but that remains to be seen. So, uh, I mean, news today or yesterday was that Pierre Hollande, who was apparently talking with some teams over the weekend, he's retired. There are various other riders who are... Um, finding their way into other teams, uh, which means that a lot of teams are closing up shop to the likes of Mark Cavendish. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's a real shame for what looked like being quite an exciting um, proposition for the French pro scene. Um, and obviously there's a lot of riders left floundering after a wreckage um, with very few lifeboats to find. <laughs> so who has found a lifeboat at this point? Uh, Luca Mozzato. I'm not sure. There were there were a couple, but I can't remember. Um Caroland is obviously He's retiring. I don't yeah. know. He's just swamped ashore. Um <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's sitting on he's sitting on the beach right now. He is, yeah. Um We should keep this nautical theme going throughout the whole through every I, news well, item. I, I already tired it out in the I used it for the uh, <laughs> news story of the weekend. I just quite liked it really. <laughs> I mean the other rumor going about is actually Cavendish himself has retired, isn't it? Mm. Yes, but that's another rumour alongside that rumour that he has, according to his good mate, Pete Kenyuk, that he's signed somewhere. So, Yeah, should we, should we um, start with the first rumour of the retirement, yeah, which came from uh, the source of which is a recently independent bicycling journalist, journalist turned fierce rivaling competitor, uh, Kaylee Fratz, um, who heard on the grapevine that Mark Cavendish retired or decided to retire which then made the sponsor for B&B &B 
Pull out. Um, sorry, uh, there's something going on on Ronan's screen. Is that the sick cat, the Ronan? The elf is on the keyboard. <laughs> oh, the elf. Okay, there. I'm gonna I'm gonna persevere um, to really Carry sort on. of stretch the the limits of what's possible. Um, yes. Yeah, so either either Cavendish retired and then that caused the the new sponsors to pull out the team, or the sponsors pulled out and then Cavendish retired. There's sort of like lots of swirling rumours over which caused which or whether both were waiting for the other's signature to sign off, which sounds like the sort of situation that Mark Cavendish and various agents would get involved in. Um, and so then that sort of understandably caused the whole project to fall apart, which sounds, seems quite unfair for all the other men in Glass who preceded Cavendish. There's an interesting thing to add to this, which... Um, at first looked like just somebody being a little bit petty, but Pierre Roland had hinted at the possibility of retirement a few days ago. Um, and he was quoted saying something like, um, Pino, who was the boss of B&B, mm. he was conned. The word, I mean, it was, uh, I don't know the original French quote, but um, he gave the suggestion that there was slightly dodgy dealings going on and, and the word conned was uh, cited. Um, so maybe that, so, you know, the, we're being told that something, I don't know, potentially unfair did happen. I don't think it's fair to uh, pin it on Cav and I don't think it's likely that he's retiring. I can't imagine Yeah, that would be good for anyone. Um, uh, but I mean, you know, the chance, I, I could see a scenario where he might have found a better offer. And like you say, Johnny, um, that meant that sponsors bailed out but then again you know they can't can they pin everything on cav um what if he crashed in january um or something yeah. it doesn't the, seem i think the crashing in january part or the crashing anytime you that that is a risk that you take but certainly any sponsors at bnb may have been able to attract because cavendish was coming it's a different story than if, if cavendish is coming so I don't. I, I think you're right. We can't lay the blame for the whole team's demise at Cavendish's feet. But certainly, if there's sponsors who came on board solely because they thought Cavendish was coming, then you know that I, you can also understand why those sponsors then would have, you know, pulled out on 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 whatever deal was or was not already in place. Um, but I, the, the kind of the big question remaining for me is just why hasn't Mark Cavendish just told us what he's doing? You know, it's I know. it's the second week of December. I mean, are, you know, are, are you he's really getting, just trying to? He's getting amazing publicity out of the whole thing. He's yeah. like the number one question coming out of the entire off season is like, what is Cavendish doing at this point? It's like almost comical. Every team that he's been linked with, the most recent one is the American Human Powered Health Team, which makes no sense whatsoever. So I feel like at this point, like I don't know, is he just milking it? Because he's like the top news story. I think what's interesting is that, well, that something that I've been thinking about a bit this morning is that we, you know, we're seeing pictures and stories coming out of various team camps. And yes, it's not the most important team camp of the year, but you'd think that, you know, he'd want to at least get some, the ball rolling somehow. And also he's surely had these conversations for a long time before this B&B thing happened. So I wonder if there is still a negotiation ongoing and we, a, we actually don't know what the outcome could be. He doesn't know what the outcome could be. Um, I don't know. I mean, I was joking earlier with someone, with one of our Vela News colleagues, that uh, to look out for Cav, at, um, I think she's in one of the cycling hotspots and the various teams, you know, it's almost like a tick list. Okay, so he's not there, maybe. I mean, yeah, it's only this December training camp, which is mostly for Christmas parties, but it's, um, I don't know. Didn't he Didn't he have something on his Instagram where he was away on like a study break or something over the weekend? Uh, maybe not. Maybe I imagined that, but he wasn't at a training camp from <laughs> I mean, what I've seen on his Instagram. I mean, if he is on a lifeboat in the middle of the ocean, I mean, unless he's got a satellite <laughs> phone, he doesn't have any access to social media right now, right? Cav always has access to social media and he's mm. always he's always scrolling and writing down the names of those who are uh, dead across him. But yeah, I'm just <laughs> looking forward to um to hearing the whole story once everything's played out, to be honest. Um we've been like we've been trying to find out, like I've emailed a couple of agents and like, you know, they've 
like they've opened the emails and not replied. So you assume there's some there's some stuff going on, but. I wonder if the human powered health rumor comes from uh, the comes from them themselves, but from a few months ago when they were about to announce their well, not a few months ago, maybe a month ago when they were about to announce their last rider, and um, they, I mean, the the social media is quite strong at human powered health, um, and um, they tweeted a gif of Cav um, in a, in conversation with somebody else, and so that did. I mean, obviously that isn't a reason enough to mm. suggest that it's Cav, but it obviously stirred up some. Oh, but maybe, um, and they got lots of questions at that time. Um, so I I wonder if maybe it's just harking back to that. I think it's also one of the last teams that haven't come out and publicly said they're not signing him. So we're just making our way down and down further the list. But one team that we have said before that is a likely proposition is Total Energies. And they've got one less rider than we thought, I think, for next year, which is Niccolo Bonifacio, who's gone off to Intermarché. Um, so there's loads of room at Total Energies now. I mean, <laughs> and Bonifacio is a fast man. Um, yeah, they're similar it's, size. Milan San Remo. Um, it's so yeah. I think I think we're getting closer to a total energies deal, um, unless he goes elsewhere completely, which would be a really bad fit, which would be Astana. Yeah, that could be cool. I just want it to be over by now, to be honest. It might make sense uh, as well because maybe he just doesn't want to, you know, come out and say he's going to Astana. I can I kind of <laughs> want to see Mark Cavendish in a rap video. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. God, please no. Yeah, there was there was a whole um, there's a whole like Blackpool like grime or rap scene a few years ago. So maybe he's like Isle of Man, sort of geographically close to that. So maybe he's going to lead a revival through the the spectre of Astana rap. Kevin Lutsenko. Maybe that's how they're going to announce it. They're on they're, when they're on training camp. Yeah. Before we talk about the Astana news, I just want to chip in about the BNB women's team. I was just because... going to ask about that. Yeah, because that was like a, that was as chaotic as the men's team uh, collapsing. The women were told on like a Friday that the team was happening, and like riders flew to Europe for what they thought would be their first team camp. Got off the plane and to an email that the team had folded. So it went it went from low lows of okay, is this actually happening? Not much communication to like a high of like, okay, this is actually happening. Like we're doing this. Then the lowest of lows that the team had folded. Uh, the only good thing to come out of it is all of the, mostly all of the riders who had signed for BNB have been picked up by a new Spanish team, ZAF, Z-A-A-F, that we know next to nothing about, except that it's based in Girona, which is a cycling hotbed, um, and is run by the former silence pro cycling slash tibco uh director manel lacombra can i can i just point out that both abby and ronan are on the podcast right now with sick kids on their laps so i know that people listening to this can't see this but it's it's quite the scene kudos to you guys they can't see it but they may be able to smell the distinct Vomit and fish fingers <laughs> mixture. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, oh, I was going to say. Oh, <laughs> come on, man. It's quite peculiar. We're That's not sick. We're not throwing up over here. Why do you want us to feel your pain? What are you watching I was going to say there's a distinct end of term. Yeah, that, I was also going to ask about that, but I didn't want to drop a minute. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Well, we, we also have a bunch of turmoil in other areas of, of pro racing. So, uh, we had talked a while ago about team relegations and uh, it's confirmed now, the UCI has confirmed that both Israel Premier Tech and Lado Studal are out of the world tour. Uh, and on the other hand, Arkea Samsic and Alperson de Kooning. Anyway, those two teams have moved up uh, and the next round of status changes, I guess, for teams are going to be up in 2026. But what does this mean for Israel Premier Tech and Lado Studal? I don't think it's a, that big of an issue for Lotto. I think it's probably quite a good thing. And in fact, when I spoke to Sho Pridham, um, DS there, I mean, they're just motivated to carry on as they are. And there were, when we were talking about points earlier this year, um, the way that the points allocation works is ridiculous. And actually you get quite a lot more points by being at the smaller races, one day races, than you do at some of the stage races where you have to turn up if you're a world team, but you can't get the points you need, even if you get in the top 10. 
Um, so they're going to be able to race properly, I think. And, you know, with a decent roster and a good program, I don't think it'll be long before they get back into the, uh, into the world tour ranks. Um, I mean, it'll be three years probably unless a team folds, but still, I think it's probably absolutely fine and they'll just do an Alperson de Koenig job and be front and center of our minds anyway. Yeah. And, uh, I guess it means that Sylvan Adams is, who's the owner of Israel Premier Tech, uh, his threats to sue the UCI didn't come to fruition, which is a shame because that could have been some sort of mid-December entertainment. Um, I think I was maybe wrongly half expecting some like skullduggery or something to happen where the relegation didn't actually come to pass, but it seems to have. And it's kind of weird, like in, in sporting terms of the competition finishes and then you have to wait like two months to find out the official results. It seems like a very sort of like 1800s way of doing major sporting competitions where you have to send via like pigeon mail the actual results and have it all ratified. Um, but I guess that is that is cycling sometimes. Well, they have to confirm that they have the financial ability to run a world team, don't they? Because there yeah. are budget budgetary requirements and all that sort of thing. But still, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a Isn't it also slow process. at least partly because of the insistence that the season has to end on the 31st of December instead of when it actually ends? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, talking of the of the financials and having to check the financials, there was a weird thing you spotted, Kit, on all the sort of forms and lists coming through in terms in with DSM and how they were guaranteed their World Tour license for one year out of three and then the other two years were pending. And that obviously you read that and obviously given the sort of precarity of, of teams that's just going on in, in perpetuity, uh, we reached out to the team and asked, like, what's, what does this mean? And all it does mean is that they're in the middle of renegotiations of their sponsor contracts, which they expect to come through soon. Uh, so DSM will be around for a good and long time. I think what it actually means is they're just never certain that all the Raiders are going to stick about. Uh, well, I was thinking that it shows great commitment from DSM to the team because they are—they seem to be one of the few parties within all of this who are really, really happy with with how things are going over there. I mean... Did we ever get to the bottom this season of what was going on with, with DSM and why the riders were unhappy? I can't, it feels like ages ago now. I don't think anyone's saying anything. I think it's all conjecture. But that there's, well, yeah, I don't know. I think there's a regime, there, is, there are regimes at every team, right? We know that at Sky mm. Ineos, it's, it's, you know, weighing out every morsel of, even if it's almonds or, uh, I don't know, it's, we know that that's the marginal gain regime, and some teams um, let things go through. Like the like the rumor a few years ago that at Grand Tours, Thomas Degen eats a bag of peanut M and M's after every stage. Um, there are different <laughs> protocols at different teams, so maybe DSM's was a little bit too regimented for some people, and it just didn't work. I mean, it's like some workplaces when things break down, right? Um, it just for some characters, it doesn't work out for uh, where it does for others. Roman Bardet is under contract, but he does seem pretty happy. And last year was a great year for him. So, yeah, there, there's maybe nothing really that dodgy going on. And um, you know, the young rider Oscar Onley has got a great opportunity. He's signed one of the. You know, he's yeah. now in the top ten of um, longest contract signings. Now, yes, it might he might break contract if he gets a better offer in two or three years' time. But still, you know, some people clearly seem yeah. to be pretty happy with it. So there might it might just be the fact that it doesn't work for some people and does for others. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on from there, yet sticking with the chaos theme, what on earth is going on with Astana and Miguel Angel Lopez? I'll, t- I'll take this one up, Kit. Um, yeah, crikey. Um, so Astana have fired or dropped Miguel Angel Lopez for uh new i think they said new elements of probable probable connection in quote marks of his connection to a doctor called dr marcos maynar marino which is a great name uh but what is not so great is that he's involved in all sorts of bad things sort of um i need to i need to off the top of my head i need to remember exactly what it is and not defame him um i think there's elements of sort of trafficking drug trafficking uh, maybe a bit of money laundering in there, I think. Just like all sorts of performance-enhancing oddities going around. And this was this this was the doctor in the case. And the doctor's been investigated by a Spanish police operation. 
and this was was the route, the connection to Miguel Angel Lopez was the cause of the riders' uh, suspension earlier in the year, but they, they didn't find any evidence. Miguel Angel Lopez comes back, race of Vuelta comes fourth, um, but then it all new evidence comes up from the police. They find out that the, the the doping investigation presumably or allegedly finds out that Lopez uh, injected growth hormone before the Giro start in Budapest. Um, and then instead of it helping him and being performance enhancing, it apparently causes a swelling in his, is it in his thigh, I think, or his leg at least, um, which means he has to abandon the race on stage four. At the time, the team and Lopez said that he had a, a hip injury. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, that's a lot already uh, of an update and in what has been a long and storied year for Lopez. Um, but two things immediately come to mind. Um, one, it's, I, how do you not catch? I mean, there's been so much made this year of how like much more testing on how good the testing has been. And then this guy is injecting growth hormone before one of the grand tours and no one catches him. Well, the Spanish newspaper ABC reported that it was a product that is a substance that is used to boost fertility in women, which suggests to me that it's very niche um, oh, okay. And probably not on many lists, but it is under an umbrella of, you know, the, definitely should be banned substances. But um, yeah, I think it, it sounds like it's one of those grey areas where it might not be actually on a list, but the it what it what it does when it for for what's the word that medical profession uses when uh, there are. Um, well, I guess let's just say it's like the side effects off-label off use. Yes, like exactly. That. Yeah, so the and the off-label use can boost your testosterone. Um, so that's why he was taking it, but it's not, you know, it's a <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and, and in other news, Miguel Angel Lopez is now pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be on this podcast soon with his unwell offspring. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's important to say that he's denied, uh, he's denied all these latest things. And he's also used the iconic uh, phrase that he's never tested positive for anything, uh, which is well within his right to say. And some people might not like that turn of phrase. Um, but yeah, even like, I think it shows that with the whole, the doping rhetoric, this and anti-doping rhetoric this year, uh, specifically from the UCI, maybe instead of talking about how great everything's going, maybe focus more on getting these products that they don't currently have on on banned lists onto the banned lists because you don't want to hear that that sort of thing's happening before the biggest bike races, if it did happen, which mm. the police say it did. Does Miguel Angel Lopez have any recourse at this point legally? Like, I think he's, he's threatening to sue or something, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's under contract, isn't he? So uh, he's, I think he's, um, he's claiming wrongful termination. Um, yeah. And that's... So, but it's, I mean, it's the end of his career though, right? I mean, even if he wins the court case, he's not going to want to ride for that team. He'll be getting money out of them. So it's, yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. He, I think we're going to hear a lot about a court case that will take forever because they always do. Um, mm. But yeah, it's... Uh, Running so there's space good. at Asadana. <laughs> yeah, maybe, I mean, is this now a narrow, narrow shaped hole? Yeah, I think it's a narrow-shaped hole. It's not a it's not a calf-shaped hole. Let's face it, it's a narrow-shaped hole. What about if Ex we gone? Well, I was going to say, except that Nairo has been parroting the uh, claim that he's been signed with somebody for several weeks now, so it couldn't be Astana unless they've wrong, really wrongfully terminated him. Oh, um, I wonder to make if, space. Cav, if uh, Nairo will go to Human Powered Health. That would yeah. make more sense. To <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> That'd be way more fun. That would be fun. I'm I'm starting to wonder if. If all these guys come together and make their own team, is that that's <laughs> enough of them? <laughs> uh, and didn't Miguel Angel Lopez have his contract renewed in November? Yeah, it was like, not that long ago, like literally weeks ago. Uh, and mm -hmm. you know, while I, I don't uh, disagree with the action they've taken, it seems like one of those cases where maybe suspending him for a bit might have been a better idea than actually sacking him. Uh, the way they did it. Unless they, they know something we don't. The these legal things work. I, I well, think... Maybe, maybe, oh, God. I, I, just, 
I think that there's probably on both on Lopez and Astana's side, there's probably more than meets the eye and there's more goings on that we will never find out about, but that probably wouldn't make for great whatever reading you, on either party's mean, part. Charlie? Just like, I mean, the thing is like... <laughs> that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> it might just, I mean, he's had a turbulent few years, hasn't he? Um, he's had a turbulent career. Uh, maybe there's an element of... Astana are just a bit fed up with having every story about them being about him. Do you think that to, would be grounds for uh, the, in their defence? I don't know. They just need to release more rap videos to just sort of push <laughs> the new cycle on. That's the only way forward. I mean, I, I would imagine that every team has some sort of clause in rider contracts talking about mm. a, basically a rider bringing bad light to the team, right? Yeah, that's yeah, 100%. Like, if if there's any kind of negative article written or anything like that, a team can terminate. Every single contract has it. And if there's any kind of tie to doping, I mean, that's Mm. like, it's over. Even even smaller things like if things get said in the press, like teams have been known to like fine riders quite heavily uh, for stuff. Like, it's all, you know. What what I want to know is, you know, if if everything does prove accurate and he has exited the Giro for the reasons, the aforementioned reasons, and Astana have said it was a hip injury at the time, mm. did they believe it was a hip injury, or you know, there, there's there, there's a there's a lot to unpack in in that also. Mm. I I mean, you know, if you want to even just give them the benefit of the doubt, which is very questionable, but if you want to give them the benefit of the doubt, I mean, they may not have known what was going on with him yet like let's 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 just say he did this on his own um and he was no longer able to to ride or perform the way he was supposed to i mean the team may not have known what was going on with him at the time so they may just had to like come up with something while they figured figured out what was going on right yeah i mean the the one there's the one issue is that it was an astana um Swanya who like delivered or helped deliver the the drugs to him but whether that's like like a Lopez guy that's been brought into the fold or not, I I don't know exactly. But the guy is his name Beldas, I think I can't remember his name. But then his dad is also involved in this whole doctor doctor what's uh, Maynard Marino uh, case, uh, and he's his dad is a former racer and former sports director, and it's all it's it seems it seems quite a uh, big and a brewing case and. Uh, journalist Pete Cousins, I think it was him, he tweeted how this this whole thing felt a lot like the beginnings of how Operation Puerto f- felt, um, which may, maybe that's fair or unfair. I, I don't know. I was I was 12 at the time, so I wasn't there. Um, but yeah, well, we'll have to see. I mean, I think, it's, I think it's good. Well, it's not good that it's happened, but I think at least bad things are happening and we are hearing about them because there's been a lot of talk this year from from various parties like riders and UCI talking about how this is a new generation and things are better but as soon as you start believing that stuff then this is how these things uh, get to happen because people stop looking for them I think that still can be true maybe I'm just naive but I think that can still be true yeah and, true you know examples like we're seeing unfold here still can happen at the same time and you know, there's, there's that old saying that the Cheats in the world will always be one step ahead of the the testers, and you know if this is some sort of new drug that was previously unbeknownst to the uh, the like WADA and the UCI, then you know, or even if it is already known to them, it takes time to make these things illegal. You know, uh, figure out tests mm. for them. You know, tests that can stand legal challenges. If, if you know, because pretty much everybody who tests positive will. Say they want to be sample tested and deny any knowledge, and usually take these things to court. So it's not you. From what I understand, it's not just as simple as saying, "Okay, well, this thing's illegal now." Uh, it takes yeah. a bit of time to do that. So it's, you know, I, I still think the Peloton is in a lot better shape than it was uh, even as recently as a decade ago. It's probably a good time to point out that uh, in the UCI's end of term, end of season um, flurry of media in the past couple of weeks they have announced that they plan on or they intend to boost the money 
for the anti-doping program by 35% over the next two years. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it's particularly specific about what uh, they what they're going to be going for, but it, they list. They say reinforcing capacity to test, um, and then use words like intelligence and investigations and, and analysis. So, it remains to be seen whether that gets us anywhere. Um, and thirty five percent does sound like quite a lot, but um, yeah. It's like you say, I think that's the thing with cycling or with any sport. There's always that kind of, I think there's an understanding that there's, it's going on somewhere and that there is a bit of a gray area that people are always chasing into. I guess with this, the fertility drug, at least if there are a bunch of men in the peloton who sort of get pregnant at some point next year, then we'll know there's, there's something going on and it'll be quite easy to, and you can't really have a B sample for that, can you? So... Johnny, I'm, I'm not mean, sure if be... you're aware or not, but there was a writer in the 80s who tested pr- positive for being pregnant. Oh, yeah, really? Because it's a hormone yes. thing. It, it it shows up quite for quite a lot of things, actually. Uh, I think oh, it was wow. more just that it wasn't actually the writer's urine that was being tested. Oh, oh. But, it does, it, but it does happen actually more often than you think. <laughs> Men can mm. test positive for pregnancy. Well, I, I dare say if, if men had to deal... if. If male racers had to deal with being pregnant, then there might be more of a push for some sort of some sort of parental leave. That's what we race, need. Right? Maybe we need it. The question to me is, you know, how how are they finding themselves in a position where they're testing if they're pregnant or not if they're male riders? I like the <laughs> idea of uh, anti-doping being like riders going into portalies just for the start of the race with like a clear blue and coming out and being like, oh, <laughs> it's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, let's let's move on to uh, more uplifting topics, perhaps. Uh, we've got some interesting developments coming on with the 2023 Giro, right? Because it sounds like we've got quite a few riders uh, who have confirmed that they are going to be racing this year, right? Yes. Garrett uh, <laughs> is putting the G in Giro. All right, moving on. <laughs> and we should have the Garrett Thomas lookalike on this one. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, I, just, I just said Garrett is putting the G in Giro. Nice. Yeah. How long? How long have you had that one written down? Right better on. when nobody uh, literally seconds. That's why it was uh, so incredibly <laughs> <poor>. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's fun though, isn't it? Like because we saw what he could do at the tour this this past summer, and that he although he rode a great race, he can't he can no longer match Vingago and Pogacar. So him versus Remco, sort of. I don't know. I'm excited for that as long as he avoids a Bahrain victorious beat on in the first sort of rollout of stage one or, or stage Thibaut one time maybe he'll last till stage two I, I'm excited to see Thibaut Pino released out of France at the Giro climbing a lot shame there's so many time trial kilometers I don't know why he's not going to France frankly but um, yeah I think it it could it should be and I'm really hoping it is a bit like we were saying last week um, we want Remco to have to race really hard and show his colours in the mountains and if and a Garen Thomas on the form he was on at the tour, with an on form Thibaut Pino, um, and Warren Bargiel, if we can if we can get some of that twenty seventeen joie de vivre um, and show it off at the Giro, um, I think it'll be a great race. I hope it'll be a great race. Well, and this is Geraint's last year of his current Ineos deal, which you'd also assume would be his last. And sort of in his final press conference at the tour this year, you got the sense that that was his final tour maybe or just like that we we are seeing the the ends of his career so if this is his last grand tour then he's going to do everything to to give it a good go and get on the podium if not if not win the thing um so i think it's quite it's a great decision um from him and and the team and does it, i don't know what it says about what they're aiming for at the tour but phew, that's the so far away Cav. oh yes I saw that so people were like, oh, that, that definitely means that Bernal's going to the tour because G's going to the Giro. And it's just like, can we, like, it's nearly Christmas. Come on, like, let's Oh, Johnny's not? back. Yeah. <laughs> I've only got one more of these, don't worry. Then I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, fun. Yeah, who- but he won't be wearing the um, <clears throat> his iconic glasses anymore because Enios have signed with British sunglass eyewear provider Sun God. So the I mean, iconic G look is... 
He is doomed. He's going to... You think? Although, although there might this... be an argument, as somebody pointed out to me on Twitter, that he may never crash again. Maybe they were his uh, Achilles yeah. heel. It's going to unlock I, him. I put those jawbreaker, jawbone, racing jacket, whatever you call them, glasses on yesterday. And, and at least... broke your leg again. <laughs> that, no, it didn't go that far. But uh, they definitely did obstruct my field of view quite a bit more than let's say, modern, bigger sunglasses do. Now, I don't have Gary Thomas's head, so perhaps they didn't. They don't obstruct his view, but it'd be interesting to see. Well, Ronan's gone, so we'll never, never get to hear the end of... Well, I was going to say, I thought Ronan did have Gary Thomas's head, because they are (laughs) separated at birth, no? I thought so. (laughs) I thought Ronan was separated at birth with Woody from Toy Story. Yes, there were triplets, triplets, right? Triplets, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so, somebody else told me yesterday not yesterday recently I was separated at birth with Ivan Basso so I think I'm going to stick with the Woody of those three if I have to pick I'll go mm. with Woody well Woody mm. collapses to the ground quite frequently as well wow mm. I mean Ronan does have a penchant for tall cowboy hats <laughs> yes that too but we, he told us not to talk about that um. <laughs> What what is the likelihood that Garrett Thomas is looking for this to be his final season. Quite high, I think. As, I think. as, pro, as a protest for the sunglass issue. Ah, I see. Um, I mean, that would definitely be a factor, surely. Um, but to be honest, I think he kind of seems a bit done with the whole charade and lifestyle. I think he's... I think there's other things he plenty. wants to do. I, I just want to say fair play to Gary and Thomas for tackling another Giro you know it would have been so easy to actually buy out on the podium in Paris last year in third place when everybody including his old own team thought it was beyond them uh, and not only you know did he do that but he actually came back and like raced the tour of Denmark and stuff that even Jonas yeah. Vinigo couldn't do uh, and now he's coming back for another tilt at the Giro a race that's caused him so much physical and mental pain in the past not not just when he hit the beat on a couple of years ago but back in 2017 was it when he hit the camera bike uh, and had it you know was forced out of the race a couple of days after that due to the injuries sustained in that crash so yeah regardless of how he does probably them i mean the potential for redemption is a pretty powerful motivator isn't it i, I would think so mm. i mean who knows maybe maybe he goes out in a blaze of glory with new sunglasses I hope so. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Or when, or he like crosses the line in the in the pink jersey, and then he 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 switches out the sun gods for the Oakleys. Oh, he flings oh. them away and pulls them out of his back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Some someone was also saying, why don't Sun God just like design um, like a pair that looks like that? Because then that'd be the, the amount of marketing. There is be... only one person on the planet who wants to buy those glasses, and that wouldn't be a good business move. <laughs> Well, no, what would be even better is, you know, Ronan, you can, you can uh, back me up on this too. Like, you know how oftentimes you'll be wandering the teen pit areas and there'll be all sorts of things that have like labels sharpied over or like black tape covering stuff like that. It would be hilarious. It would be hilarious if he showed up to the line with a set of Oakley racing jackets and just had like scribbled in Sharpie on the side, <laughs> Sun God. That would be amazing. I think it would actually be a great move by Sun God as well because that's going to gather more. It would be. Then. It would be. It'd be amazing. It'd be so good. Sun God, if you're listening, you can go ahead and have that marketing idea for free. <laughs> How many of those glasses do you think he has like stashed in his house? Because Loads. like they don't even make Loads. them anymore, I mean, right? He's got to have like hundreds of a hundred pairs, like just hidden got, away. He's got to be running low at this point because he wouldn't have been upset. He wouldn't have been upset. Uh, he. If he had a ton of them, he wouldn't mm. have been so upset about that one pair that he lost. I can't remember what exactly that was. Mm. Um, so I, I would have to imagine he's running at least a little bit low. But would Oakley not have sent him all their backstock if they had any? I don't know. I, I would imagine. <laughs> that's quite good because, you know, Garen Thomas and his Oakleys, that's like two, one and the same thing, no? Indeed. Indeed. Hmm. All right. Well... Uh, in other Giro news, uh, we also have word that another rider is going to be retiring after the 2023 Women's Giro. Yeah, Marta Bastianelli, the former world champion, um, will retire after the 2023 Giro, her home tour. Um, she's been a fixture in the women's peloton for like 17 years. Like She's been around for a really long time, and she's one of the main riders in that UAE ADQ team. 
at the moment. She had an incredible 2022, which is actually why she's going to continue riding in 2023. Um, she was planning to retire at the end of 2022, and then the season went so well that she decided to keep going for another classics block through the Giro. Um, she has a colored past. She was suspended for two years for two positive tests in July of 2008, which was, I believe, the year that she was wearing the rainbow jersey. So she has that, you know, in her past, but she's still always been just a really strong bike racer. And she's also a mother. So I think what she's been able to accomplish is really impressive if you kind of yeah, I mean, you can't really, like, color out the, the two-year ban, but uh, apart from that. All things considered. Uh, are we going to talk about Cyclocross at all? It was it was very good. I almost... You almost watched uh, it. Yeah. No, I, I almost quit during the... Uh, in between the two races, I was like, no, I, I, it's, it's just not that exciting. But then the men's race with Wout Van Aert and Tom Pidcock... Um, it's not just so. Let me just go back to the women's race for a second. It was brilliant. Um, the battle between Fem Van Empel and Puck Peters continues. They're both incredible athletes. They're also both twenty, which is sickening. Um, and they, it was a really great duel between two of these. I mean, they're bossing everything. Fem Van Empel has barely lost a race. Um, but the men's race, which I thought was going to be a walkover for uh, Mr. Van Art, was just a. It was almost. It almost needed the uh, what is it Benny Hill soundtrack. It it was so ridiculous um, the number of mishaps that Wout Van Aert suffered along the way, um, which made made it impossible for him to get a minute and a half, um, like I think he did in his first race of the season last year. Um, uh, it was yeah, it was brilliant. And d- the Dublin route, the Dublin course, sorry, was epic. And I know we shouldn't use that word; it's overused. But it was brilliant. It was a really really great race. It was one of those courses that on paper looked like it might be a bore fest, but actually partially thanks to the conditions and then the fact that it turned into a bit of a mud fest, but then also the course had a lot of hidden gems within it that actually just made for fantastic racing. And I was joking. Unfortunately, I couldn't travel to it. I I did want to go. Uh, Obviously, a World Cup cyclocross race in my own country, I would have went if at all possible. But also, as I mentioned on the podcast last week, I was due to go to a Conago launch and eagle-eyed cycling tip fans would have noticed that I was not there. Shotty was there instead. Uh, and yeah, both those things were, yeah, I just, I, I couldn't go to either in the end up. So uh, unfortunately, I missed this opportunity to, to watch a fantastic race on sort of somewhat home soil. We have a bit of a, a bit of interesting off-course cyclocross news too, don't we? Who wants to talk about Matthew Vanderpool? Yeah, I was going to, are you referring to the Matthew Vanderpool uh, assault situation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still just kind of, it, I, uh, it makes me go, huh, that when you like read anything about that situation, like, ah, uh, the parents of those two children that were assaulted by a grown man. <laughs> it's just like, there's just what? so many bad things about this situation in general. There's so many bad things. Like, uh, I, I mean, my, my kid is definitely not quite that old. She's not far off from being a teenager, shockingly. Um, but, um, I, I, I have a hard time with the idea that I would, uh, that my, that my kid would be running around a hotel doing you know knocking on pro riders doors in, in late at night just to cause to cause trouble basically but on the other hand Matthew Vanderpoel also shouldn't have chased after those two kids into their hotel room so like there there definitely was a lot of wrongdoing uh, i'm not going to i'm not going to pin the blame on those two girls um but uh, i mean it's just a strange odd weird situation uh, but anyway, it's, point being, yeah. his conviction was overturned. No matter, no matter how you slice it, like every party is in the wrong. I feel like it's bad. It's just bad. Even the ho- even the hotel lost all its five star reviews on Google. Yeah, literally, literally <laughs> no one won. I mean, couldn't he have just like like been standing at the door, looking at the peephole or something, waiting for them to knock on the door, and then just like run out and just be like, <laughs> like 
Wouldn't that yeah. work too? You don't need to chase. You never need to chase. Could he not have realized that the moment he opens that door, nothing mm. good comes out? Like, even if he just scares them, what's the next thing that happens is that they do the exact same thing again because they've got a response. It's like he is a grown man who really should have known better in that situation. Indeed. Indeed. Well, the solution is you stay on the, the hotel floor that your team have blocked out and where no one else can access it, which I presume is to avoid these sorts of circumstances. There's, there's this old saying that you make your own luck. Hey, I can hear it. <laughs> she hadn't heard it before. She's heard it now. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Hmm. Uh, well, I dare, I dare say Matthew Vanderpoel is going to take this as a learning experience. Uh, do, we, do we know if that three-year ban from entering Australia is still in effect, though? Well I think that was part of the overturning. Yeah, I think he, he is allowed back in Australia. I wonder if he can go get me some shapes. <laughs> no, probably not. I dare say that's pretty low on his priority list. <laughs> I am running very low, though. I have, I'm, I'm down to one parcel box of shapes that Dave Rome brought to me. He's giving you shapes. Uh, back at field test. What, what are shapes? shapes I want sometimes. We'll all get our orders in now from Matthew Van Der Poel to bring Are back. these crisps or cereal? They are. They are. <laughs> crisps. Yes, okay. crackers John, for, for you Americans out there. And sometimes, Johnny, some will tell you they're like penguin bars, but they're not. They're not. Penguin they're, bars. They're, oh, they're okay. entirely, they're entirely, like they're a whole other level of biscuit. I like mm. Oh, really? Penguin bars penguins. are not, are not great. Okay. Oh, what? Oh, penguin I mean, bars are pretty nah. good. The little joke best, on the back. Best thing about penguin bars was a joke. It, yeah. And it just takes me back to school. School buses. Oh. A lunchbox, a lovely, wholesome yeah. lunchbox that your mom's packed yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. Good days. I haven't been paying much attention, but I, I don't see which part of the run sheet we're on now because I don't see any mention of penguins we're, or Tim Tams or... It's the, the biscuit, it's the biscuit <laughs> bonus round. Yeah, biscuit bonus round. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, all right. Should we, should we wrap up with Nerd Alert here? Because... I will say though I've been certainly much much more active in the weekly show this week than I normally would would have been. Thanks, Abby. James, you've done an incredible job hosting. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's been nice. Yeah, I've I feel like I made a really good decision passing it. It's over good to, to hear you your voice this. more. Well, I feel like I haven't. Well, I'm trying to think now. I actually have not hosted a podcast at all since like late October at this point. So, uh, yeah, it's been almost it's been almost two months. So I guess uh, good, good to be back in the mic. But uh, anyway, yes, nerd alert. Um, I guess this is when the when when our when our horn comes along. Nerd alert! Nerd alert! Nerd alert! Nerd alert! Nerd alert! All right. Nerd alert, uh, nerd alert, nerd on the tech alert. side for news, Cold Nago announced a new race bike for them called the V4RS. Um, it, it's kind of an interesting release, Ronan. I don't know if you can if you'll agree with with me on this one because the the V series for Colnago has always seemed to be uh, maybe not necessarily like the biggest star in their lineup. It's it's essentially supposed to be their dedicated road racing bike, semi aero, so on and so forth, whatever. Um, this one is definitely an evolution of the previous V3 RS. It doesn't really look all that different, certainly not in profile or certainly not from far away. I dare say like a lot of people wouldn't even have noticed that it's different except for eagle-eyed rodent who picked it out last year and uh, at the Giro or something it was maybe. Um, but anyway, it is uh, actually a few grams heavier than the old one, uh, at least for the frame. The fork is a decent bit lighter. Uh, Colnago was saying it's quite a bit more aero, although I will say the aero data that they provided is a little bit confusing. Um, but it's a, it's a pretty nice looking bike. It, no one really ever had any complaints about how the V3 RS rode in terms of like ride comfort and compliance, that sort of thing. Um, but if Colnago really has improved the aerodynamics of that bike, that will certainly be a good thing because that didn't seem to be the previous bike's strong point. Um, and yeah, UAE is definitely going to be riding this bike, uh, racing this bike all, all in this coming season. Um, both the men's and women's teams, of course. Uh, I don't know. It'd be kind of interesting to see how well this goes for Colnago because, you know, recently there has been some rumors talking about how Pinarello might actually be the company that is Pinarello might actually be for sale. Uh, and along with that rumor came with some sales figures, uh, and they have been absolutely just killing it in terms of how many people are buying their bikes. 
Uh, I dare say Colnago is a fair bit behind there. And um, I don't know, that V4, V4 RS looks like it's going to be a pretty nice bike, but I don't know if it's really going to move the needle the, the way it really needs to for them to even remotely try to begin to close that gap. Kind of strikes me as the kind of bike that Colnago just had to make because they sponsor a World Tour team now with, uh, well, one of the strongest World Tour teams on the planet right now. Uh, it's not really the type of Colnago that most people might aspire to when they think, certainly when they think, you know, traditional Colnago style of, you know, the C series of frames, the, the, the masters of old, the, you know, the, the iconic Colnago bikes down through the years. This is much more in line with uh, the likes of your, you know, modern sort of do it all, bit of aero, bit of lightweight climbing style bike that a world her team needs nowadays. Uh, and I guess we shouldn't be surprised by that. You know, that's as I've already said, that's the way they had to go for the team. It's also, you know, the the, the rider that will be riding that bike most prominently, Tadej Pogacar, is actually. Which I find incredibly hard to believe. Conag was first ever tour winner, uh, and you got to imagine having a tour winner on your bike is going to do some good things for your sales, also. Uh, and so they probably wanted to keep him on a Conag for as long as possible. So the idea was to make a damn good racing bike here. Um, but yeah, it's maybe. <laughs> I I would I would give a penny for Ernesto Conag's thoughts on this bike. Put it that way. <laughs> Hmm. I mean, Ernesto's signature is not on this bike, and that bike's not made in Italy, uh, as I guess has has always been the case with the with the V, as far as I can remember. Um, but yeah, I mean, unfortunately, with the outside investment coming in, it does certainly feel like Ernesto's involvement has becoming kind of increasingly diminished over the years. But anyway, that's maybe a little bit of speculation on my part. Um, there, there was some. Interesting bit from Colnago as far as the stiffness of this bike. So Runner and I, Ronan, we're going to get into the weeds a little bit here um, because people are going to be fairly familiar with the uh, like the Zedler style bench uh, stiffness tests that a lot of companies do, like Tour Magazine in particular. Um, and using those metrics, this bike actually is either the same or actually slightly softer than the previous one. Um, but Colnago introduced this new way of measuring frame stiffness that they call real dynamic stiffness, real hyphen dynamic stiffness, all capital letters, of course. Um, and they're saying that the way that they measure uh, a, a, a frame stiffness, either when sprinting or when seated climbing, they're saying that the way that they measure it, uh, which has kind of different forces applied in different directions and that sort of thing from the norm, they're saying that the bike is actually a decent amount stiffer, something like five-ish percent, if I remember correctly. Um, and I feel like that's almost the most interesting part of this because that potentially has I, – I wonder if more companies will look into this at all. Um, I mean, they haven't really re released a whole lot of specific information on exactly what that test protocol look like, looks like, but it certainly sounds like it's more complicated. So I'm not really sure if it's going to take hold. Yeah, well, I should first of all just say that I was due to go to this uh, bike launch in Spain this week. Uh, didn't end up going. Uh, Shoddy did go, eager to hear his thoughts, having actually ridden the bike. Um, but there's there's quite a cohort of people who would tell you that stiffness actually isn't all that uh, important when it comes to performance. And certainly given how stiff bikes can be already, you got to wonder, you know, what value there is in adding more stuff. <laughs> Jan Hanna. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I was most sort of keen to go on this launch to get a ride in this new bike just to see, you know, what, you know, comparing it to the other race bikes that I've ridden of late, what kind of race bike are Colnago delivering now? You know, we, we could just simply look at Tadej Pogacar's performances and say, well, he was already phenomenal on the V3 RS. He's going to be fine on the V4 RS, which is probably ultimately the case, whether it's 5% stiffer or 10 grams heavier or X amount more aero. Does it really matter? Um, <laughs> for, certainly for Pogacar, I'd be inclined to say it probably doesn't. I, I will say, if nothing else, the bike is still 
pretty expensive. <laughs> it's so we don't have we don't have pricing in in the US or Australia uh, or UK currency. Uh, but a complete bike with Shimano Durace Di2, NV carbon wheels, power meter, uh, Colnago's new, like, I shouldn't even say what new, but Colnago's one piece uh, uh, bar stem thing. Uh, retail price on that is somewhere about like 15,000 euros and change. It's a fair bit of money. And th- that's kind of where I, I, like, I, I was super excited to go and test this bike. Um, but if I put myself in my own shoes, uh, maybe seven years ago now, when I was working in a Colnago dealership and eyeing up a V1 RS, the original V model, and looking for a bike to race on that you know also had a bit of, had a heritage brand name, was something I could be really proud of, but was still a bike that I you know I, I didn't want to race a C60. It uh, you know it it's it it would just been insanity back then to race a bike that expensive it's probably not all that expensive by today's standards but back then it certainly was long story short i ended up going for a panarello f8 back then um but if i fast forward to today again you know i i would if i if i was in that same situation i would still want a colnago or a panarello or some heritage brand name like that that i could race it would speak to the sort of both aspects of the sport that I love, which is, you know, all the modern tech with the heritage name, but 15,000 euro, really, you know, nobody, who, who, who is racing a bike like that, costing that much money? It's just, uh, you know, and and when you look at it, you know, it makes, I nearly said it makes sense, but what I mean is it's got a Durace 12 DA2 group set on it. It's got MB wheels. uh, It's It's pretty loaded. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of the dream spec for for most people. Um, even if I would have kept Team UAE riding camp bike had I had my way, but um, you know, it, it, it it's just it's another sign of where the whole industry is going. And, and none of these bikes that were getting the opportunity to review and test, uh, you know, rather privileged opportunity that I am getting quite regularly at the moment. No one were getting any cheaper, which. You know, again, they are all intended to be race bikes, and uh, I just uh, the 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 difficulty I have at the moment is that the the price and the intended use case for the bikes don't match. Uh, you know, it, it's fine if you're Pogaccia and you're getting handed the bike, um, but if you're someone to race, and you know, we we could very quickly find ourselves in the same sort of dilemma that time traveling has at the moment uh, in the uk and that it's kind of turned into a bit of an arms race um and i don't think anybody as as much as i'm a fan of all the tech uh i don't think anybody really wants to see us go down that road so adding yet another fifteen thousand euro race bike to the market uh isn't something i really wanted to see happen (laughs) Yeah, well, Colnago did point out that the uh, that the V4 RS is quite a bit cheaper still than the Dogma F. So there's that. There is that. Yes, uh, two arms don't make a right, James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ronan, I'm with you. Uh, it, it the the price escalation is pretty obscene. Uh, it's it's just nuts. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't see any end in sight at this point. Like maybe if the global economy completely completely tanks and even the people who have money don't end up having money anymore, but we we shall see but anyway yeah one of i, I mean shadi's first ride review is going to be coming out pretty soon uh so we will get a report from shadi sooner than later hopefully because because i still have to edit that thing so shadi if you're listening to this podcast get that copy in we get some work to do it, it may be worth just touching on the fact that you know it has now also been confirmed that uae are switching totally away from camp agnolo and also vittoria who they were you know, previously partnered with four tires and they are now using Shimano Durace group sets, MV wheel sets, continental tires. Uh, you know, I, I I don't think it's going to make Pogaccia any or the whole team any slower or faster. Uh, they've brought another, you know, premium set of components and parts and accessories to what was a, you know, what is presumably a, a pretty good race bike. Um, but it is, I think, a sad day for any Camp Agnolo fans out there, given that, you know, the even if their 
total share of the World Tour peloton was declining. At least they were still on one of the most dominant squads, and the Campagnolo group sets were still, you know, lining up as one of the favourites to be on the Tour de France winners' bike. Uh, and unless Guillaume Martin can do some very, very Guillaume Martin things, uh, it doesn't look like that might be happening at next year's tour. Yeah, I mean, it was just such a huge point of pride for Campagnolo to be on Tade Pagaccia's bike and the, the UAE team in general and be on Colnago. It just seemed like such a perfect match, but alas, those days are over. Speaking of days that are over, Kit... <laughs> If I'm rem- remembering correctly, this is sadly your last podcast with us, correct? I think so. Mm. Well, <laughs> as much as I have enjoyed hosting this week's podcast, I'm really sad that I'm hosting your last podcast with us. It's it's been it's been a pleasure, I have to say. And I unfortunately have yet to actually meet you in person, but hopefully that will happen someday. But I just want to I just want to send a, a sincere thanks to you from from myself and I guess from everyone in the Cycling Tips staff and also Cycling Tips audience. Uh, thanks for being with us. It, it really has been a pleasure having you. Well, thank you very much. It's been good. Pod- podcast has been one of my favorite bits, one of my favorite parts of the job. So that's, yeah, been good to speak with you guys every week. Well, we will miss you. Johnny, we are still stuck with you for one more week. <laughs> yeah, one sorry more. about that. Should have been the other way around. One more and- one more and then we'll be rid of you. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have a big party after, yeah. <laughs> Next right, week well, is me and Johnny's last, oh, last episode. Yeah. My God. Does that mean I'm going to have to host these from now on? Is that my yep. fate in life? Yeah, I was going to yeah, say that earlier. Job. I was going to say get used to it, James. All right. Well, that will do it for this week's episode of the Cycling Tips podcast. Thanks as always for listening. And well, at least some of us here. We'll see you next week. 